passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Players Championship, it's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done. Joining me to break it all down, look at this, Sia Najad is here, a Monday and a Tuesday. Sia, welcome. So I'm I'm realizing just now that you had me on the show today because me and Kyle, or Kyle and I, are bringing up the rear in this one and done, and you guys just want to have me be the target of ridicule. You don't want to just have it on Kyle. I totally I actually put in, I put in a request. I said trade out. <laughs> Trade out Mark and coach and bring bring Sia in. I get it. Uh, correct. Yes, that's Kyle Porter right there. And we've got the fans in the one and done. And they are they're relentless, KP. They are cutthroat. They've got yeah. you in their sights and then Sia right behind. And we said, okay, I'll I'll just I'll bring out the red meat, feed it to the fans. Here both of you are. It, it actually feels like I see a Monday Monday qualified into the the, the event this week. <laughs> Maybe he's just on all week. He just Mondayed into the whole thing. I don't think you can Monday into the players, but uh, listen, like <clears throat> that's fine. Um, whatever. But I'm I'm here as a as a company man. I'm here to draw in people. If that means uh, it's because they're roasting me and calling me a clown. That's okay. Keep track of my best butts. That, that's all I have to say. I, I, listen, I got a new camera. I uh, got some new threads. I'm excited to be here. This is a great week. I'm just I'm just pumped to talk about some golf today. I, I was going to say you do look sharp. I missed the part where you t- were saying that uh, you got a new camera. It looks good. Yeah, it's it's like the exact same camera, and but a newer version, and it looks 10 times better. I can't, I can't get over it. It's awesome. T- what is, there, there's a saying, see, it's like tech, the technology, technology updates itself like every 45 days or something like that. So it, <laughs> is it's, that a saying? I don't know. It's like a thing, <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's just like a, any amount of time that goes by technology is just like getting insane. Well, that, that that's partly why I never really buy the new thing because the new thing is the old thing. And like, I don't know, 45 days as the saying goes, apparently, Rick. So I'm always kind of waiting a few years for like the new iPhone to come out or something like that, because I know I'm going to spring way too much money for it. And then in a year, we got something new that's just as expensive. Are you, talking about, are you talking about Moore's Law? Rick. If it, if it says anything close to what I said, then yes, I'm talking about Moore's so, law. Moore's law is the this is from Wikipedia. Is that uh, I'm gonna mess this up. Yes, this is this is I'm in a I'm yes. I'm not I'm in a world that I don't need to be in right now. Uh, it's the observ it's the observation that the number of transistors in a in a dense integrated circuit doubles every two years. Yeah, Moore's that's law exactly what I was talking about. 
Here yeah. you go. I brought up a visual, a visual aid so that you could help help you explain it better. <laughs> I, I said Moore's Law thinking that I knew broadly what it meant, and I have no idea what it means. But essentially, it, it means that how much a microchip, how much information a microchip can hold, like that amount of space doubles every two years. And I think that gets broadly applied to technology in general. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Their microchips are in everything. You're not going to listen to another golf podcast that's talking about Moore's Law. This that's is, true. it's not Ryan Moore's Law. It's, it's not, it's not Taylor Moore's law. Yeah. It's just Moore's <laughs> law. Like we're just talking technology. What, what your what, which version of the iPhone do you guys have? Um, I have, I the think 12, I have I three cameras. So what's that? 11. <laughs> that I, could be a number of them. I think at this point, uh, I can find out for you. I think what I have, you have the, Kyle. I think I have the 12 also. What are we on? 13. It could be a hundred for all I know. <laughs> I have, I have the 11 pro max. It's, okay, it's, it's the big boy for all my tweeting. Yeah, because you need a bigger screen <laughs> for tweeting. <laughs> I have the uh, 12 Pro. Oh, dang, you're out front. Okay, what do you have, Sia? I think I have the 12 Pro as well. Dang. Okay. What do you so, think? Mark, what do you think Mark has? Oh, uh, he's got like a <clears throat> like a 6s or something. <laughs> 6s e. Yeah. I think it's the Nokia flip phone <laughs> for sure. Sprint. Uh, I, my my neighbor told me the other day you can you can basically trade in one of these that that it, all of us have and and get almost enough credit to just get a brand new one. Speaking of things that change all the time, I don't know how cell phone contracts work anymore. You used to be able to pay two hundred bucks and then you'd get the newest phone, and now they want you to pay the full price for the whole thing over eighteen months. But they let you if you pay for twelve, they let you move up. Or if you trade yeah. in your, I don't know, like child or an old phone, you can get something. It's there's <laughs> like I don't. It's the wild, wild west out there. But here's the dirty part: they've all agreed to it, right? T-Mobile, yeah. AT and T, Verizon, they're all in on it. So whatever they've decided, you you don't have a choice anymore. Yeah, this is this is true. Did <laughs> yeah, you expect, that whole did you expect that, to come on today and talk about this, Sia? Well, see the thing. Well, I mean, we can talk about this all day if you want. Listen, the free phone thing, it's such it's such a gimmick and such a catch because they're just gonna rope you in one way or the other somewhere else. You you end up paying for that phone one way or the other, but it's it's a nice little um carrot to to lob out there for us. I was trying to think of an analogy to to golf, like all the all the majors, like only a while. I, I don't. I, there's not an analogy, and that's why I was silent when you said that because I was trying to think of a good one and I couldn't, Rick. So I'm I'm sorry. That's all right. You're usually pretty quick on your feet. We'll give you a break <laughs> on that one. Uh, I don't even know where to go from here because there's a lot to talk about. Let's, I guess, just start with the thing that Kyle, you and I have been uh, texting about for the last couple of days, which is an inside look to how nerdy we are. But there is a inherent randomness to TPC Sawgrass. Yeah. That we all agree on. However, trying to figure out how random, why it's random, and where that ranks amongst other randomness in golf is kind of where we're still trying to figure it out. So I think... <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is like this will go great. This, yeah. this is like me explaining Moore's law. Uh, I've been emailing with the data golf guys. I've been DMing with Joe Pita, Pita or Peta? I think it's uh, Pita. Joe Pita. Yeah, 
who wrote uh well he's written a, he's written a number of books but he wrote an article on the fried egg a couple of years ago about tpc sawgrass and explaining how <clears throat> and i'm, I'm going to try to get this right the correlation between uh year over year performance is not very strong at tpc sawgrass right, right. but the data golf guys would argue that your past uh, performance compared to what you were expected to do is actually um, like there is a correlation there. Like it is fairly strong. Like Sergio's had a lot of success at TPC Sawgrass. And I think we can assume that means he'll not that he definitely will play well this year, but it, it means we can, we can assume that he, he uh, has a higher probability of playing well than some other guys. I, I, I think the, 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 what can get lost in translation there is that <clears throat> Peta is is essentially saying like, hey, and and I think R- Rory actually embodies this a ton because he goes 2018 miscut, 2019 he wins, and then the next one in 2021 miscut, and so there's this huge like there's no correlation from like year over year. I I, I think that's what is being said there. Um, but if you if you pull it out and look at the long term, we can say like, hey, this guy's actually had a lot of success and Adam Scott, a Sergio Garcia. And um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no like course history to be uh, discovered or to be uh, disclosed. There, there actually is. It just doesn't play out year over year. And we've seen that because what have we not seen? We haven't seen anybody at this tournament win two in a row. We haven't even seen anybody at this tournament finish in the top 10 the year after they won, right? Since I think Adam Scott in 0405. So am I explaining that correctly, Rick? Like is that is that kind of what you pulled away from it? Yes. And there's a there are infinite ways to try to put a number on which courses are more correlated with success year over year, whether that's by players, whether it's by factors that things that are happening at the golf course, whether it's by the field, because Sia, this, this pass is the sniff test, right? We've never had a golfer defend, let alone even finish inside the top 10 in the year after. Then when you start looking around at what, what types of features would make golf more random and generally our brains would go to wind our brains would go to water on the golf course because one swing could now be worth multiple strokes which is kind of a random aspect of it so when you start to look at it and see if it passes the sniff test it all makes sense it's just trying to put a number on it that a lot of people in the industry are circling yeah and you could you could look no further than what we're going to see Thursday through Sunday in terms of the weather. I mean, we're going to have yeah. rain. We're going to have stops and starts. We're going to have wind. We're going to have <clears throat> probably wind waves that that benefit certain players over others. And if you're in the wrong wave, well, you might have a bad day or a bad tournament, but that might not be exclusively a result of bad play because you're not good on that course. It might be because of other factors involved. But yeah, you're right. With water hazards, with bunkers in play, with wind, uh, and a very talented field too. So I mean, I, I think you're going to get guys, and and we see it, right? Guys in the like in DraftKings in the seven K range, or or in the outright market, you know, eighty to one, hundred one. A lot of those guys are really successful here because they're good golfers, and so not everybody at the top is always going to have a good tournament. It's just golf doesn't work that way. So it's not altogether shocking when I look at course history. I want, I, I prefer the guys that I pick to have course history. 
but I'm also kind of just looking at their upside too. I mean, if, if they have a miscut, but then they have like a fifth place finish, you know, I'm, I'm looking more at the fifth place finish than I'm looking at the miscut. One, one thing. <clears throat> Go ahead, Rick. I was going to say there's also an issue, KP, because it would be one thing to say, here's the field for the 2022 Players' Championship and be able to run that event 10,000 times. But when you start looking at year over year, the version of Justin Thomas this year is not the version of Justin Thomas that we had last year or in 2019 or in 2018. So there's just there's there's a lot more than just did this did x player play well year over year or anything like that right i yeah. wish we could just sim this ten thousand times <laughs> web simpson <laughs> would win the masters I think that's right play. baby let's go <laughs> so the other thing that happens and, and peter pointed this out is because and the data golf guys agreed with with this part like uh, because there's a ton of variance at tpc sawgrass for all the reasons you mentioned i would throw in the fact that it's not a it's a little bit of an atypical PGA Tour course in that it's shorter, and, or not shorter, but it it, it uh, favors uh, accuracy over over distance. And a lot of these tour courses favor distance, and that's that's more predictable and repeatable and all these things. But one of the, one of the things that happens is you get like when you have a ton of variance, you get. I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head that just kind of bounced up, finished in the top ten. And then didn't play the event again or only played it twice. Like you get a lot of like right. random guys. And this was Peter's point where the field that you get, like their career strokes gained might be actually negative when you would expect it to be about zero at TPC Sawgrass, right? Because strokes gain is zero sum. Right. But the guys that are not in the like career, like the guys that are not in the field are actually some of the ones that bounced up in those weeks, took 10 strokes gain, and now they're playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. And so I think some of that contributes to um, the randomness of the, of the whole thing, both statistically in the way that those guys talk about it at a level that I can't talk about it. And when we look at final leaderboards and say, wow, Craig Perks won the, won the players championship, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I just think the idea is fascinating as we try and we talked about last week. This week is so hard to prognosticate. It's so hard to figure out. And I think thinking about things like that is uh, it's just it's it's a part of the conversation as we head into the players week. It what It's also what makes our sport great is that there is a different course every week and sometimes that course changes year over year and sometimes they move it from may to march and you get different winds and different conditions and different greens it's just it's amazing but to put a to put a, a broad stroke on this and we can move on here so joe pita in this in this um this piece that he did for the fried egg he has just a, a couple of notables about which golf courses are highly correlated and which are not as you can imagine tpc sawgrass down towards the bottom of that list sia but the masters highly correlated year over year Hill actually towards the upper end of it. So there, there are some of these things that they just pass the sniff test. And when the, and when the numbers back it up, you're like, okay, I could see why this is on one end of the table and, and another course is on another end. Yeah, I agree. And it, it just begs the question, how do you approach from a, from a betting or just prognosticating standpoint, how do you approach this tournament differently? Because you know, that variance is just built in here. And so yeah. I, I don't know that I have a, a definitive answer to that question. Well, I mean, look at look at the. Uh, so I went back 2019, so not last year, but the the players before that, the top four. Listen to this top four: Rory won, Jim Furyk, who's not in the field this year, finished second; Eddie Pepperell, who's not in the field this year, finished third; 
and Johnny Vegas, who is in the field, finished T3 also. So you get those Eddie Pepperells in there, and I could go back a number of years and pull up a lot more of those. I mean, I think the year Siwoo won, it was a really weird... Yeah, so Siwoo wins. It's like Kyle Stanley, Rafa Cabrera-Bayo, Lucas Glover, French... I mean, it, there, there's, it's not... When you think of like major-like fields, you think of major-like boards, and we don't. Sometimes we don't get that here, and I, I actually like that about the tournament. I think it creates a lot of excitement and unknown to it. But it's one thing to kind of keep in mind as you try and pick the the week and the event. And, yeah. and Rick, I, I think we see that with some of these players down the line. Like, they, and we talked about it yesterday on the DFS show. There are guys that have been playing really well. Uh, for a really long period of time, who also have good experience here that are like in DraftKings, like 7,200 or, you know, in the outright market, 80 to 1, like Taylor Gooch, for example, Tom Hoagie. Like they are good course fits here. And they are guys that if they were in the top five on Sunday afternoon coming down the stretch, none of us would be in- incredibly shocked by that. And I think what Kyle's saying in terms of like some some of the, not the outright winners necessarily, but like the top fives, we're going to see those guys mixed in here for sure. Yeah, one guy I would not be surprised to see in the mix as this thing gets cooking on a Sunday is John Rahm. And KP, the the big storyline around Rahm is the short game. He is statistically in a historically bad stretch for him, both around the green and with the putter. He's lost strokes around the green in five straight. He's lost multiple strokes with the putter in three straight. Now, caveat here. He hasn't finished worse than T21 in any of those last five events, so he's still playing very well. But this is, for him, kind of a different place to be. Do you see this as a concern, or do you see this as the rubber band's about to snap and he's about to wipe the table with everybody? Uh, I think it's a mild concern. Okay. So he, I, I have his quote from today. Did you guys see Monahan's presser, by the way? Did he do? I I I was recording earlier. Did he do a co? He didn't do it with Rory, right? Or someone asked him about Rory, and then he made a joke or something about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Rory. Was, that was this Rory, morning, right? Rory was right right before him and said that okay. there should be more transparency around suspensions. And Monahan, yeah. they asked Monahan, and he said, "Well, I think I think Rory's suspended now." Yeah, <laughs> there's, I, I, there's your transparency, uh, which was pretty funny, but. Uh, okay. Okay. Here's Rom. He said, I know the stat. I know what the stats say. Don't worry. I don't need to know that to know it's not going well. Uh, I don't need to know that it's not going well. Uh, yeah, I'm working on some stuff. I've been working on changing some things and sometimes things get worse. Apparently stats are not everything. I think that was a, how dare at me and Rick, uh, (laughs) there are certain things I've gotten a lot better but it's a combination of things and i thought this this next line was really interesting he said my ball striking has been so good that if i miss two greens around and i don't get up and down on one of them because i left myself in a bad spot the stats are going to say that it's that it's uh the stats are not going to show that it's really good he's right and that is right and that's the problem with a small sample size right like when we look at even an individual tournament if you only miss whatever he missed more than this but if you only miss six greens in regulation and you have negative strokes gained around the green it doesn't necessarily mean your short game is bad that's essentially what he what he's saying um he's he's right and wrong there though well he's right from an around the green perspective because that is a counting stat right he might have five cracks in a tournament and lose strokes on three of them and it looks bad the putting stuff though then in my opinion is even worse kp because he's gaining so many strokes on approach he's giving himself so many opportunities and he's still below the tour baseline yeah but 
so you're saying it's easier to gain strokes when putting when you are when you hit better approach shots i'm no i'm saying uh i don't care about the around the green stuff because there's a lot of factors there and not everybody is on the same playing field of how many shots they're hitting around the green i'm saying that when you are giving yourself better approach shots than everybody else and not making putts as often as everybody else. And that is a larger sample size because you're still taking 25 to 35 putts around. Yeah. Uh, that is that is more concerning than the around the greens. I don't think either of them are all that concerning, but the around the green stuff I can wipe and not care about. Yeah, I agree. I just think that the putting is can be so volatile, though. I mean, right? Like it, it, it I, I don't know. <clears throat> I think and this is foreshadowing, I want to not be worried about it because of some picks that we're making later on. But I think it's, I think it's mildly concerning. I do, just because it's been several tournaments in a row where he's he's been negative on both around the green and with the putter. He's changing putters. He's talking about how, well, stats don't aren't everything. It, it feels like a lot of like, I just don't have it with my putter right now. And that can change. We've seen that change for a lot of guys in, in an instant, in a week. And they go they go off and win a tournament by five. But I, I don't think it's nothing. Uh, I guess I'll say that. And I'm curious to see what Sia thinks because this was his big storyline for the week. Yeah, I mean, I, it's so funny. You mentioned the idea that somebody can go out and win this tournament by five. Like, I think John Rahm is is the best candidate for that. And I, I think the ball striking stats tell us the whole story there. As far as the around the green game, that actually concerns me a little bit more than the putting. I, I think the putting's going to get turned around. We know how variant that stat is. But just watching him from an eye test standpoint, you know, the, the chipping, it's just, it just hasn't, the bunker play, like all of it, it just hasn't been very good. I don't know if he's in his head, but let's just look at the ball striking a lot since the calendar year it's Gaining a joke 11 so good. nine and change 12 6.7 3.7 7.89 that's just this year so and we were talking about this on the dfs show you turn one of the two around putting in around the green like you turn one of those around and you're you're probably winning this tournament even in a loaded field like this which is crazy see it because those are historically like his strong suits. I don't know why he went to the new putter or what's what he's working on around the green but the when I look at red in the around the green and the putting category and the the top 10 top 15 finishes this to me looks like I don't know if it's this week but there is going to be a week in the very short term where John Rom wins by multiple strokes. <laughs> I think it's this week. Oh, doggy. Just so I think I think it might be too. <laughs> so I, I think the the disconcerting part, I just went back through all of his tournaments played on the data golf website, and there's I don't see a three tournament stretch in which he's been negative strokes in around the green and putting like three like three events in a row until now. And so <clears throat> again, could be nothing. He he could be plus one in each category this week and win by five, like we talked about, but you know, at some point that becomes a trend. I don't know that we're there yet, but at some point it does. And if it does, then this is what the beginning of that of that looks like. So I, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. And we've already got uh, some of the featured groups out, which I love getting those out early. So we're going to get some great coverage and presumably be able to see every single shot that John Rahm and everyone hits so we can 
dissect the film in a couple of days. And now that we're back to March here, Sia, we've got, you know, this is now kind of an appetizer to what is going to be an unbelievable stretch of golf. We're going to have the match play in a couple of weeks. And then a few weeks after that, we're going to be at Augusta national. And then we're going to have a major championship every single month. And I use the word major championship because the PGA Tour doing everything they possibly can to make this a major, right? When you put $20 million in the purse, you're going to get every single golfer, but it's still considered major four and a half, major five. Doesn't really get lumped together with the other ones. Yeah, I'm not sure it should in the sense that like just throwing money at it. I don't know that like that's 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 the metric to vault you into that sort of like that major status I, I think a lot of us when it comes to majors are kind of old school like you know and, and that goes for all sports um tennis for example like i, I don't know that there's a you know a fifth major in in some of these other sports and, and nor should there be really uh but this is a this is a big time event i mean for for purposes of what we're talking about now i mean it does feel like a fifth major i mean especially with the the way the calendar is going to unfold over the next four or five months it feels like this is basically like the first of many that we're we're about to attack so yeah i mean it's it's a great event i mean what, what do we have 47 of the top 50 in in the world golf rankings and the only reason we don't have 50 out of 50 is because of injuries and international incident <laughs> I was going to say, and um, political, uh, socio-economical concerns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin yeah. Kevin also. Uh, also Congratulations. Yeah, had, uh, his, had his baby this morning. Yeah. I, listen, Sia's right. I, I don't – I tweeted this out today. I don't – call it whatever you want. I, I don't I don't care what it gets called. Like, if you want to call it the ninth major, the best non-major, like, whatever. The thing that I love about the players is that it's – the either the best field, second best field, third best field, whatever, of the year, playing a, and I think this part is important, playing a unique but also recognizable golf course. Like, we don't, the U.S. Open and, and Open Championship and PGA are, are obviously special because they're major championships, but they go to different places every year. The only place that we go to every year that's recognizable and unique is Augusta. TBC Sawgrass is and there are uh, Riviera is obviously in there. There are other courses that are in there, but TPC Sawgrass, I would argue, is the most recognizable that we get that kind of we go to every year. And we've had really like it's just a fun, awesome event. And and I, I think I've learned to I think I used to disparage it as like, oh, it's not a real major. It's like whatever. Like it's just great. Like it's just a great week. And it's a it's a it's a meaningful week that changes people's careers and we don't get a ton of those every year in golf so i i think for that reason alone it's it's to be celebrated big time and by the way it changes people's status in the one and done and i'm excited Ooh, about that. it definitely it definitely hopefully will <laughs> I, change i just, I just peeked much. ahead and uh I hope it changes both of our statuses. See ya. Oh, yes. I hope. Oh, my God. I'm loving my situation. Okay. Um, before we get to that, real quick, final <laughs> thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> this has all the makings of a major. And, Kyle, I think you're dead on here. It is money. Say what you want. Big purses get a great field. So it's got money. It's got field. It's got the course that we go to with iconic holes every yeah. single year that we see. But there's also not a – major committee that's going to approve its application to be a major right like what it's it's going to be stuck here how, how it there's there's no open season for adding new majors to the schedule 
No, but it's it was all arbitrary to begin with. Who who's str- I mean, Correct. right? Like Correct. It, and that's yeah. It it is and that's kind of my point is like it is what it is and it's awesome and um you know, it's oh, I was just thinking of some great point that I was going to make and now I can't remember. I think I think the one of the things that really helps it out is the closing stretch, 16, 17 and 18 is awesome. And we've seen, I mean, I made this point in something I wrote on Monday. We saw JT just go insane on the on the uh, the last 10 holes last year. We've seen Ricky Fowler play the last six and six under. Like, we see crazy stuff happen there. But to your broader point of whether or not it's ever been going to be considered a major, I think no. And I also think it doesn't really matter. And that's the part that I've shifted on over the last two, three, four years is like, it doesn't matter. Like it just is what it is. Just as like the president's cup will never be the Ryder cup. I can still appreciate the president's cup for what it is when it goes to Royal Melbourne. And when it, when it kind of individualizes itself, makes itself unique. And that's what TPC Sawgrass is to me. And it, and it's made me since I've started viewing it like that, I've just come to appreciate it a lot more. Yes, it should not try to be a major because then you're just everybody's little brother trying to get into the club. Just say, hey, it's the strongest field in golf. It's the biggest purse in golf. Have at it, boys. Like, go, and that's what, and, and I thought Monaghan did a good job of that today of just kind of laying down the hammer and being like, listen, he said this like five times. He was like, we're at the players. We're in, we're in, this is reality. Like we're in present day. This is what we're doing. It's 20 mil. There's a full, uh, not only a full field, but a full um, spec, like fan. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like, yeah. Capacity. Did they have fan? Did they have, what'd they do last year? Is this the first I time think, since? Yeah, I think it was modified last year. Kind of like Augusta last year. Okay. Okay. So uh, this is the first time since 2020 we've had the full on spectator experience. Well, since 2019 for the well, full week, but yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's just, I thought he did a great job of, of not, yeah, not trying to be, you're not trying to be the masters. You're not trying to be the PGA. You're just being the player. I think the March thing maybe helps out with that a little bit. It being the first one, you know, I like it smart. I I love it. I'm just, I'm so excited about this week. And I told my wife last night, I was like, I'm so pumped about players week in a way that four years ago, I, I don't know that I was. I believe the walk from 16 to 17 is about 50 to 100 yards. To <laughs> <long>. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever heard that before. Uh, all right, gentlemen, we've got some stuff to get to. We're going to talk about our best bets are one and done. We've got Mark's nationality pick on the other side. But uh, first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. It's a lot going on there. We're not allowed <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> we're not supposed to acknowledge the ad. Oh, <laughs> As I acknowledge it. That's okay. Watch us on YouTube. It's really great stuff. Sia Najad here on a Tuesday. And Sia, let me introduce you to the wackiest, crazy little segment that we do here uh, before we get into our best bets. Uh, Mark Immelman, as you probably know, very excited about all the nationality props. Every single week, he would come out with a best bet that was top South African, top Asian, top GBNI, whatever that looks like. And we turned it into a little bit of a segment. So what happens here, Sia, is uh, Jacob is going to play us a national anthem. We are going to try to guess the country of the national anthem. We're very bad at this. And then we are going to have to then know the players in the field from that country and determine who Mark picked. Good luck, it's, I guess, it's, to us. It's psychotic. It's, it's a ridiculous game. <laughs> are you good at national anthem, Sia? Are you, like, are you our little insider? I don't think so. No, I, you know, back in the day when I was playing like the Commodore 64, I'd play like the Olympiad game. And every time you won a medal, a gold medal, like you'd hear Commodore 64 is a computer How old system are you? that existed before you were born, Rick. Well, before you were Commodore born. Commodore 64? How, I can't how old are you? 1982, Sia. I'm 147 years old. Very old. Was it like a uh, vampire? Was it like Atari? It was pre-Atari, but no, it wasn't as sophisticated as Atari, believe it or not. But yeah, it had national August, anthems? August of 1982. It had games. The, its best game was like a, like a Summer Olympics, Winter Olympics game. That was like that and Karataka, which people my age would remember that game as well. Like a fighting game. Anyway, when you won a gold medal in like diving or whatever sport you did on that game – your payoff would be listening to your national anthem of whatever country, you know, your person was from. So since I haven't played that in a few decades, uh, I don't know national anthems. My, (laughs) my neighbor has one of those like tiny super Nintendo systems, like not the old, not the original one, but like the new, like you can buy it and play like the games on it or whatever. Why are you saying it's tiny? Is it physically (laughs) smaller? Yeah. It's like small. Yeah. Really? Because it's yeah. all just a computer chip now, right? It's not. Like yeah, like okay. it's it's not like a <laughs> you don't put you don't put the game in. It's just they yeah. they basically created a replica and you just plug it into your Wi-Fi or whatever. And <laughs> okay. uh, anyway, I was over there for like four hours the other night playing uh, Mario Kart. Which we know when you get your hands on a video game system, you do not let it go for multiple hours. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, this is Sia doesn't know this, but as a kid, I I wasn't allowed to play video games, or I we I wasn't not allowed. I didn't we didn't have a system, so I would go over to my friend's house, spend the night, and we'd play, or I would play NBA Hang Time by myself for like six hours, and they'd be like, "Dude, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I video, I've never even like seen this before. This is this is like magic to me." So, I guess at 36, it's Still applies. Love it. Um, all right, Jacob, we've stalled long enough because we have no idea what this national anthem is going to be. Just, just, just play it.
All right, we got this one. We Corey Connors. Have... Did I was gonna I was gonna say that too. All right, so it's top Canadian. Didn't he just take a Canadian uh, last week or uh, the week before? Yeah, he took uh what's his name that played well at Honda? Uh Svensson. Oh, that's right. Okay, so two I'll weeks s- ago. Thanks, I'm gonna Mark. Say, we, we're good at Canada. I'm gonna say Mackenzie Hughes. Wrong. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot we had that drop. So uh, so see uh, the option. <laughs> <laughs> the options are Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin, Taylor Pendrith, Roger Sloan. So you have to make a guess. And if you are wrong, Mark mocks you. Well, it is 100% Corey Connors. Yeah, Mark takes the chalk. Just hold on, uh, Jacob. I just want to hear it again. Uh, is it Adam Hadwin? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like he's here. That's why it's such a good drop. So Corey Connors plus one thirty-eight. Sia, as you assess the rest of these Canadians, uh, how do you like that? Five of them in the field this week. Yeah, Corey Connors is probably the only one I have my eyes on. I'll be honest; he hasn't made it to any of my DFS teams yet. But he's got good history here, and the metrics are certainly speaking to me. And his price, by the way, I know this isn't a DraftKings show, but I believe he's seventy three hundred. Uh, it's a great price for somebody with good recent history and course history. Uh, we know he's a great ball striker. Um, maybe has some issues around the green with the short game in particular, but I think it's a great play. I, against these guys, to me, it's really only – I think Taylor Pendrith is, is an up-and-comer, and I think Mackenzie Hughes is good, but I don't think this is the course for him. So to me, it's Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin that have a shot at this thing. Corcon plus 138. KP, wet conditions coming in. Are they just going to play preferred lies all week long? <laughs> probably that's how you know it's actually not a major um although didn't some didn't a major do that i mean augusta was pretty wet two years ago did they do it that would be like the only time right was that 20 2020 2020 all the scoring yeah all the scoring records got shattered they were like so <laughs> yeah cool. but that was just because it was like yeah it, they, they couldn't get it fast and yeah i guess it was like <laughs> soft i don't know why couldn't they get it firm and fast i don't know that it was super (laughs) wet though it didn't rain that week did it no but it rained like 21 of 29 days before or something like that. yeah that's right uh i i hope they don't and that's that's a little bit of like what i've been thinking about as i've been trying to like figure this tournament out and, and handicap it is how much do I rely on these forecasts? And I'm curious to know, because you do this more than I do, but how much do you rely on forecasts and think like, okay, if it turns into like a muddy, sloppy, windy, like slugfest, like, do you, do you assume that? Do you kind of build it in? Like what's, what's the play there? Yeah, I'll, I'll build some exposure around specific things that could happen. Like if you're playing, if, if they do, if it gets super wet and they play preferred lies for some portion of this event, guys that are playing out of the fairway and approach players are just in a way better situation. So I'll build that in, but what we've seen and see, I'm sure you can speak to this too, trying to guess the weather or which wave is going to be better off can be a fool's errand because you can look at the schedule and if they start and stop, this thing gets flipped on its head. So it, it's it's very hard to really accurately build it in before the event actually starts. I would say eight out of 10 times when you are factoring in the weather and you're like, oh, I'm going to take this wave because it looks like the wind is kicking up at such and such time. Eight out of 10 times you're wrong. 
or eight, yeah. eight out of 10 times, it just doesn't work out. And the two times where it does, you're like, you know, taking victory laps. But it, I mean, the reality is it's just, it's just so rare. And, and you said it yourself with, with the rain. I mean, you might have a quote wind wave somewhere, but then if there's a downpour, they, they delay play for a while. Then all of a sudden these guys who you thought were going to get the brunt of the wind come out in calm conditions. So it's, it's kind of a fool's errand. Although I will say this, I mean, when it comes to lift clean in place, Rick, and I know you addressed this on yesterday's show. I mean, I definitely think that gives certain people an advantage if you want to assume that to be the case. And I don't think you need to build all of your lineups and your outrights and top 20s around that. But I think you could factor in at least a little bit of it. Well, I know what Bubba Watson's going to be saying this week. Oh, Jacob. Wow. Mud ball. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> Mud ball. Did you just, they, they, I thought it was hilarious. He won the pip and then they paired him. They like buried his tea time. Oh, did you did see this? I, didn't, I didn't see where Bubble was. He was with, uh, oh, where is it? He was with Robert Streb and Sepp Straka at 1245 on off number 10 on Thursday. Hey, Sepp Straka, our most, one of our most recent champions. Yeah. Well, he, Sepp Straka wasn't anywhere near the top 10 of the pip. He's also, um, oh man, yeah, all the, yeah, oof, that's tough actually. Starting on 10, and yeah, okay. By the way, low key, my favorite ball striking group. I mean, Morikawa, Rory, and JT is pretty good, but uh, Kyle Stanley, Tommy Fleetwood, Wyndham Clark. Yes, Kyle Stanley. I'm so glad he got mentioned. Tremendous, tremendous ball striking group. Oh my god, John Rom, Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland. Yeah, it's dirty. <laughs> did you see? Okay, did you see? Um, I think it was on Sunday. They announced during the broadcast, like the two featured groups or whatever. Did you see this? Yeah. Okay. They had photos of the guys standing there with their arms crossed, looking like this, and they had this great promo for it. My wife said, "Wow, it looks like a real sport." Uh, it was the oh. sickest. It was the sickest graphic I've ever seen. It wasn't headshots. <laughs> they were like, it was amazing. I need all the photos of the guys standing. Staring into the camera, straight face, arms crossed. It's a real sport. I saw that, but it was so like disconcerting to see like JT. I thought he it looked like he was going to cry because you always see those guys smiling, and so when you don't, you're like, oh, that was it was just like unnerving. But uh, you're right, it was great. It, it is odd that they announced the like. Can you imagine announcing the starting lineups for like the AFC Championship and like during the the fourth quarter of the division round? <laughs> like isn't that a weird thing? Normal sport, Kyle. <laughs> normal sport, bud. That I gotta. I need to. I need to write that note down. I gotta include that. I All think right. it. I think it always looks like JT is about to cry. By the way, just side <laughs> note there. Best bets. This is where we go out and scour every square inch of Caesar's Sportsbook. And we come back with the absolute best possible wagers. And you'll likely in just a few moments dunk on Kyle's selection, but he is actually quite good at these. Oh, there they are. Thank you, Producer Jacob. He's got the best bets up. I'm going to wait on KP. See ya. You have a three ball at plus 110 as your best bet. Where are you going? 
Gosh, I, I really like this one. Um, I have Lowry over Matt Wolf and Lucas Glover at plus 110. L- let me just tell you about Lowry first. I mean, he rates out so well for me and probably for for most. Uh, on approach, he's he's top 10 last 50 rounds uh, around the green, which I think is going to be uh, maybe a little bit more critical than some people think. Uh, he's in the top 15 there. He hits greens in regulation. Uh, his drives generally, uh, it, he he can be a little wayward off the tee, but, but I think what we find with him at least lately is he's putting his drives in a pretty good position uh, for his approach shot. So I think that's where he could get wayward. But speaking of wayward, let's talk about the competition here, Matthew Wolf and Lucas Glover. I mean, either of those guys can blow up at any moment. And I think Lowry has the type of gains to sustain himself over four rounds uh, in terms of just being at least average to above average. So I don't want to say this is a gimme, but I, I don't think this is the course for Matthew Wolf. And, and I just don't, I like Lucas Glover, but I think he's in such a blow up spot on this course relative to Shane Lowry that to me, this one's, uh, this one's an easy one. Hopefully Shane Lowry brought his rain jacket. So he does not melt like he did at PGA national over the last hole and a half. If he wins over Matthew Wolf and Lucas Glover, it's plus plus one ten. Jacob, get, get us out of this uh, screen for a second. Breaking news. Thank you. I've got two items of breaking news here. One, as we were talking about the new iPhone models, Apple has just released a new affordable iPhone SE coming out. So that'll be good for Mark. Um, Maybe, (laughs) maybe bigger news. Russell Wilson just got traded to the I saw that. What? And I know this is not a football pod, but I feel like when a quarterback, a QB, a big time QB gets traded, my goodness, it, this is right after this morning Aaron Rodgers just re-signed. So Denver's like, all right, we'll go get a guy. Who's the Russell Wilson of golf? Just define the features that make Russell Wilson Russell Wilson. He has one world championship. Is that right? Yeah, he, he's he's won a title. He's very um he's he's pretty uh I mean he's really good. He's gregarious, like he's very <clears throat> I think he's a little bit like of a performer, like he, I think he likes the cameras being on him a little bit. Hmm. I think there's a little Jason. I think Jason Day would be a good comp. I was gonna go Daniel Berger. Okay. Ah, uh, Berger's too like he's too cool. Yeah, he's a little too cool for school. Russell Wilson's a little, little, little dorky, which I like and I appreciate. But yeah. Berger's way too cool for that. I think. I think. I think Day. I think Jason Day's a little. That has some like dorkiness in there. I thought Justin Thomas, dad, just life. like one, one, one major JT, a little, you never know what he's thinking kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Ha. Wow. Big. I, I hate that. We don't get golf news like this, right? With no team aspect. No, no Woj bomb. Oh, no. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh. oh, Colin Morikawa has been traded to Phil Mickelson's team. Oh my God. <laughs> just, just for $80 million. Oh, boy. All right, back to best bets here. I'm going with Matt Fitzpatrick over – nope. Matt Fitzpatrick, top 20, plus 175. He is a top 10 machine. I don't really have concerns about wind or weather or anything else because Fitzpatrick can get it done in a lot of different ways. And KP, the moment we've all been waiting for, the aspect of this show, which is probably the most profitable and successful, is your best bets. Who do you got this week? Adam Scott, top 10, plus 450. Everybody hollering about my short odds on on best bets, and I'm gonna give you I give you the goods. I gave you Chris Kirk top twenty last week. Adam Scott top ten this week. Adam Scott plays TPC Sawgrass great. I mean, his last five starts, he's got I think three or four top twelves. 
Uh, he's been playing really well recently. He didn't he didn't hit his irons very well at, at Bay Hill, but other than that, he's got three top tens and five starts in 2022. He's become a like a top 25 putter in the world, which is crazy. Um, I'm just I don't know. I wanted I almost picked him for one and done, but I'm just I'm feeling Adam Scott this week. He if you look historically, I think. Hideki plays this course a little better than him. Siwoo plays this course better than him and better than everybody who's ever played it. And Sergio, and I think that's it. I think Adam Scott is like fourth, maybe fifth all time in strokes gained at this course. So for all those reasons, I like him uh, finishing in the top 10 this week. Adam Scott, top 10, plus 450. Matt Fitzpatrick, top 20, plus 175. Shane Lowry over Matthew Wolf and Lucas Glover, plus 110. Our the best bets from us, which means, gentlemen, we can move along to our picks of the week. Sleepers, top 10 and winner. Let's start with sleepers. I called Coach. He went with Shane Lowry, so on a similar page as you see. I called Mark, and he went with Taylor Gooch. So, see ya. Uh, how do you like the way that Gooch sets up this week? He's 55-1, to 1, and then you can also reveal your sleeper, please. Yeah, I like Gooch quite a bit. Again, another guy that measures out really well on approach around the green, getting the ball in the fairway, greens in regulation. I mean, he checks all those boxes for the most part, and he has good history here. So I think there's plenty of value on Gooch, both in DFS and the outright market. And, and I've talked about Lowry. Obviously, he's part of my best bet. I certainly like him this week. Uh, even with the conditions, whether it's rain or wind, I think Lowry is going to do just fine there in spite of recent history on that one. My sleeper is going to be Joaquin Neiman. I think this is a guy that, we know he has win equity, but we we also know that we probably haven't seen his ceiling. And I think at 40 to 1, I, I wish that number was closer to 45 or 50 to 1. But I'll tell you, I am playing him in DFS because I think he has some sleeper appeal there too. Because in the range that he's in, we talked about this yesterday, there's so many other popular names that are going to be selected. I think Neiman's kind of going unnoticed. He can really spike with the ball striking. He, he can be bad sometimes too, but I'm looking for guys who can really spike when I'm talking about sleepers and win equity. We know Neiman can do that, so I'm all I'm all aboard there. You don't think Neiman showed his ceiling with 6363 at, at uh, Riviera? No, I I think we I think we saw it there. I guess I'm talking about his ceiling more long term. Gotcha. I think I don't think he's in the stratosphere that like uh, of some of the golfers that we we see in the let's say the 30 to 1 or 20 to 1 range. He's not considered to be there and I think soon enough we might actually find him there. Joaquin Neiman 40 to 1 for Sia. I'm going in a very deep sleep. I'm going with Bo Hostler who is 250 to 1 and let me be Love that. Quite, let me be quite clear here. Bo Hostler, very unlikely to win this golf tournament, but at 250 to one, that drives the top 10 number, the top 20 number, depending where you're looking, the top 40 number. Hostler's played well coming in, and he has historically been really good on the par fives at uh, Sawgrass. He's a top 10 par five player at this event, and there is a lot of kind of paths to victory, and one of them historically goes through the fives and I'm not saying Hostler wins, but I think it's a really good floor for him and you can get a lot of really good numbers plus 25,000. So KP you're rocking with Adam Scott here as your sleeper. Yeah. For all the reasons I mentioned, I also like, uh, I like Mark and coaches sleepers, Gooch and Lowry. I think, I mean, Lowry is interesting if it gets weathery, although he didn't handle the weather very well at, at uh, PGA National. That's a very nice way to put it. He handled it like he had never seen water. Before. Yeah, that was bizarre. Uh, yeah, I, I like all these sleepers for the. I mean, it, it's it's so hard because you're coming off of these weeks 
like Honda, even a, a Phoenix, where the numbers you see Adam Scott at like 30 to one or whatever. And now at 50, you're like, oh my gosh. But then you're like, oh, well, every great player in the world is also at this event. So I think it's it's a little jarring to see like such long numbers for such good players uh, when you're coming off of like the West Coast swing and, and events that don't have quite as good a field as the Players' Championship. Yeah, that's for sure. The odds are a little bit jarring when you get a field like this. KP, we'll just stick right here with you for your top 10. You've got a guy with a couple of major championships already on the resume. Yeah, Brooksy. He uh, and Brooksy, he, so I, I looked at, so he hasn't really contended for a players yet. I think he was kind of in it one year, but if you look at strokes gain for guys that have at least 10 rounds at TPC Sawgrass, I think he's 11th. So he's played, he's played really well here. I mean, he, he, he's, he's finished like T11, T12, T15. He's kind of been around it. He almost won Phoenix. He finished top 15 or top 20, I think, at uh, Honda. I think, I I just think there's a lot of value to be had for somebody uh, who's won four majors and who clearly gets up for big events uh, in in Kepka at plus 350 for a top 10. So I, that's, that was kind of my reasoning behind that. Kepka plus 350. I'll go with Max Homa plus 600. See, we are looking at Homa, and this has been the story of the last couple of years years of his career. He just keeps getting better. He is he is statistically improving. The game is getting sharper. We're seeing a lot of gains in the ball striking categories. The putter outside of his last start has been really good. I just like the the upward trajectory that Max Homa is on. And when you pile me a plus 600 number, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I get it. I, I think Max Homa has some some actual win equity, but certainly some top 10 equity too. So I, I like that quite a bit. And for the record, I like the Brooks Kepka um, top 10 as well. I, I think he's an interesting play as an outright because he's not really getting respected. His game hasn't trended enough for his odds to be up there with some of the guys that maybe he belongs with. So I, I think uh, Kepka is a very interesting uh, betting play and DFS play this week. Your top 10 this week is plus 300. Who is it? It's Daniel Berger, uh, just a model of efficiency. He he was ninth here last year in 2021, fourth at the Honda. Uh, the metrics, I mean, it's not just the finishing positions, although I, I will point out he did miss the cut at Waste Management, uh, 20th at the Farmers. But it, it's really what I'm focused on this tournament is, is approach, not more than anything, but that's like one of the big chunks for me. And he's number one last 50 rounds. The around the green game could be better, but he's still in the top half, of the, well within the top half of the field. Uh, his greens and regulation, uh, his driving, his accuracy, it's all there for me. So a top 10 is very realistic for Daniel Berger. Rick, do you like Kepka at 350, Berger at 300, or Cam Smith at 300 better to finish in the top 10? Which of those three do you like best? Uh, probably Berger. Berger's floor is a lot higher than Kepka's floor. Um, yep. And I just think he's better than Cam Smith. So I will, I'll take Berger. Okay. It's fair. Uh, yeah. And, and to be clear, Kepka um, and somebody in the chat pointed it out as well. He has never lost strokes putting at Sawgrass. So maybe there is a little bit of, um, I don't know if it's nuanced that he's seeing better there, rolling it better there, but he's, he's, he's putted well on those greens as well, which is always exciting. Mark is going with Justin Thomas plus 163. Coach is going with Cam Smith plus 300. Time for winners. Coach is going with Morikawa. Mark going with 
Morikawa. KP, you're going with another golfer who is also 14 to 1, but his name is not Colin Morikawa. Yeah, this is idiotic because nobody's ever repeated. The last 20 guys haven't finished in the top 10 after they've won. But I just, <sighs> JT is playing so, so well. Like, we keep talking about Rom, and then I look at JT's numbers, and it's like, oh my, he hasn't finished outside the top 20 this season. I think like five of his last six were top tens and he's starting to put it a little better. He's just been, he's been incredible. And I think it's gone a little bit overlooked. So again, like I don't, I don't want to put too much stock in like the history of nobody's ever done this before because those were all those guys were not Justin Thomas, but that concerns me a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It just, th this to me, he really, other than Rom, he really stood out as playing the best and not having won yet this year. Okay, I love it because I'll go next because my guy, Will Zalatoris, is cut from kind of the similar cloth of, of Justin Thomas of how they would potentially get this done, which is through the iron play, through the ball striking, and not so much with the putter. There's a couple of exciting things about Will that align with some through lines of TPC history, one of them being approach play. Uh, there is a little bit of data to suggest that putting gets negated a hair here at Sawgrass. And there's also uh, a bit of a through line on the par fives. And it's only been 16 holes that he's played on the par fives because he only played it for one year, but he's got the lowest scoring average on the fives in the last uh, since 2016. So there's a lot of things pointing in Zalatoris's direction. I worry that he will play out of the rough too often. Uh, but at 40 to one, a guy who seems to be peppering the top of the leaderboard, I'll take it. See ya. Yeah. I guess give me the best player in the world, right? At the, at the longest number that you could have gotten on him in the last probably I year. I know. Right. And we talked about at the front of the show, we talked about the ball striking. It's, it's just immaculate. It's actually kind of amazing when you look at it. And then the, the question becomes, how big of a problem is the short game? And I also think it's a big concern. It's a big problem. But I think he's going to turn one. I think the laws of probability suggest that he's going to turn one of those two things around. And if that's the case, the sky's the limit for John Rahm this week. So last 20 rounds, ball striking. John Rahm, 2.8 strokes gain per round. That's off the tee and iron put or off the tee and approach. Will Zalatoris is second in this field in, in his last 20 rounds, right at two. So 2.8, two. And then my pick, Justin Thomas, is fifth at 1.7. So Rom is basically a stroke better than Justin Thomas over the last 20 rounds, ball striking. That's it's disgusting. I feel like I keep like screaming it and people are just not comprehending how good it's been. It's disgusting. Yeah. John Rom 12 to 1 for Sia Najad. KP's going with JT. I'm going with Will Zalatoris, while Mark and Coach are going with Colin Morikawa. Gentlemen, one final thing to do. Jacob, um, don't reveal the big board yet because I've got I've got a reveal of my own. We're going to do the one and done selections, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, 
clarity, the calm. Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. And we're back. Okay, so... As you guys know, the fans are now in the one and done. They are currently at 1.4 million. They started at a million and they have eked their way ever closer to Kyle at 1.5 and C at 1.7. I reached out to Elijah this morning, who is in charge of compiling all of the fan votes. So I'm going to, I've got the order of how the fan vote came out. So I will go from four to one. So we need a, we need a, Pipe him in, bring him in, make him talk, make him explain himself. <laughs> you guys think this is just so easy talking about golf every day. Get Elijah Webb, get him a Logitech Brio and lights, and let's get him on here. We'll work on that in the future. Uh, all right. So, fourth in the fan vote, not the selection of the fans, fourth with 9.3% of the vote, Victor Hovland. Not, okay. Not the teams, not the fans, one and done selection. Third, with 9.8% of the vote, Justin Thomas, not the fans' selection. Okay. With 12% of the vote, the runner-up in the fan vote. Rory. Patrick Cantlay. Wow, okay. And with a sizable 37% of the vote. Morikawa. Fans have chosen Colin Morikawa for this yes. week's one and done. Wow. So happy about that. Me too. So the reason, and Jacob, if you have that slide ready now, thank you very much. Uh, the reason that the boys at the bottom are excited, I don't know why, because they both took John Rom. I guess they're just hoping old Rombo beats Colin Morikawa. Why are you so excited about that, Kyle? Because I... I <laughs> Uh, because I think Rom's going to win and more cow. I like, this is the opportunity to differentiate yourself. This is the week to differentiate yourself. And so I don't want to be this. I, I, I wanted to actually, I, and Sia is fine because we're ridiculous. Like we're idiots together, but, uh, I didn't want anybody ahead of me to have Rom or right. even behind me. Like I wanted to be completely differentiated this week because, this is like the week to get yourself back into it. And I guess I don't really care that the fans have more Kawa and not somebody else, but um, I just, I wanted to be solo and I almost was you, you were the only one that were, that uh, was actually solo, Rick. I cannot, I cannot tell you how much I love that. We'll get to that in just a second. Sia Najad, 1.7 million. We've been describing Kyle Porter is your best friend at the moment, providing you cover. You're both in tandem uh, going to either improve your position this week or whatever happens, you guys are in this together. This literally couldn't have set up better for Kyle and I. I know. The, 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 the thing we actually wanted was for everybody to be all in, especially everybody ahead of us and the fans right behind us, to everybody be all in on one guy. With the exception of Patrick Cantlay, everybody's all in on one guy. So really, all it takes is a, a top two or three for John Rahm and let's say uh, well, like a crazy missed cut or a 30th place finish from Colin Morikawa. And this whole thing flips. I yeah. mean, it's, it literally could not have set up any better. 
I mean, if if second place, I've got the numbers here. Second place is uh, these numbers are insane. By the way, I, I knew they would be, but just seeing them. Okay, first is three point six. Second is two point two. So if 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 Morikawa misses the cut and see and Rom finishes second, uh, Sia's in second. He's like in second place. Which right. two point two million for second is more than Scotty Scheffler got for winning the elevated Arnold yeah. Palmer Invitational last week. Third is one point four. Like I am desperate for a Colin Morikawa miscut here. <laughs> desperate. Yeah. I'm going to be texting Kyle from Thursday morning forward. <laughs> just like they'll, they'll be so like, you know, either inflammatory or, or celebratory. It's going to be like, are you kidding me? Or, oh, this is great. This is setting up so well. Like I, I you know, what's really cool too. And I just realized this, I can't be in last place next week. So that's kind of cool. And, and sure. Kyle, I know we're kind of on the same team, but like, yeah. I, I do have to point that out in, in, for the sake of full disclosure. But yeah, if Colin stumbles, if the putter goes bad, uh, this could really be a great week for the one and done for Kyle hey, Porter we, and C in the shot. We, yeah, it could be. Last place in this field, by the way, $43,000. Top 36, all make 100000 or more. Producer Jacob, would you pull up Seb Max's most recent comment? Okay, so Seb Max says, who does Kyle even have for the Masters? Listen, I've got Jose Maria Olathabal. <laughs> I've got Marco Mira. I got Apple's plenty point. of people loaded for Augusta. So don't, don't, you guys need to not worry about the Masters, not worry about the PGA, not worry about the US Open. Let's worry about this week first. You guys have, st- I've still never, I've never trailed the, the fan vote so, or the fans, the, the commenters. So I, until I do, then you guys need to just, just pipe down, just chill out a little bit. Yeah, you, I'm glad you got that in now because in four days, you might not be able to say that anymore. Um, let's pull up the big board here again, Jacob. So, uh, okay, this, for the three of us here right now, this is an amazing situation. So the fans have Colin Morikawa, Greg, Jacob, Coach, and Mark, the four front runners in this one and done, all have selected Colin Morikawa. John Rom, Sia, and Kyle. I went with Patrick Cantlay. I... I was trying to get myself into this situation where I did not have the same thing as Mark and Mark still had John Rahm available. And I believe coach still had actually everybody, but Greg still had John Rahm available. So as much as I wanted to take Rahm, I thought, let me go one step further. I'll take Cantlay. I'll be fine with it. But see, this is, we, we got what we wanted here. This is, this is magical. It. This is magical. Like us three on this show are the only ones with differentiating picks among this entire group. It's magical. And for the record, Rick, Patrick Cantley was my second choice. What got me off of him was was the history here. And I'm not saying I'm putting a huge emphasis on history, but when it comes to the one and done, it's it's just it's almost curious how bad it is for a a player of the caliber of Patrick Cantley. So that's what kind of swung me John Rahm's direction at a place that that should fit him. Right. Like Mm -hmm. like when I think of TPC Sawgrass, I think of a player like Cantley, like um, Xander, where you don't I mean, I know those guys are pretty long, but you, you there's so much emphasis on touch and on accuracy. And it's like, man, that should fit them perfectly. And he just hasn't played well here. And he hasn't played well at big events. Um, and maybe that changes this week. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm fired up. This could it could it could really turn into like we're all bunched up right behind Mark if things play out a certain way this weekend. Patrick Cantley played pretty well in the playoffs last year. Yeah, but majors and players, he hasn't played well. 
I agree. I'm not like I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I know his history around here, but I love the situation. And at this point in the one and done, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't in a vacuum say Patrick Cantlay is going to finish higher than either John Rob or Colin Morikawa, but golf is weird, baby. And we Sit. talked all week long about the volatility. Well, and that's why the the way we've got it set up this year, where we don't know uh, each other's picks, is like is way better because you're actually using strategy to to. It's not just like who do I think is going to win. It's about the strategy of using different guys, not only at different times, but at different times than when other people are using them. So I have John Rom in the pocket still. What's my best use of Rom now? Is it is it just Augusta? Yeah. He's finished top five, like or top ten, four straight years there. I think. Yeah, that's probably it then. Although Mark might use him at maybe PGA. I, I bet he crushes at Southern Hills. Yeah, I hope it's hard. I hope it's really hard. Yeah, because that'd be great. Let's get a nice, hot, dry Oklahoma summer, and then when we get there, it's just devastating. Baked out. Oh, all right. So, just to recap. Well, it's Mark. in May though. It's in May. Oh, all right. Well, you know, unseasonably warm May. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, Coach, Jacob, Greg, and the fans have Colin Morikawa. Sia Najad, Kyle Porter with John, Rob, and I, the Lone Wolf, will go with Patrick Cantlay in this one and done. Gentlemen, that will conclude our... Mega preview pod for this week's Players Championship, unless there are any final parting thoughts. Going once. Pumped for the week. Going twice. Pumped for so, the week. So I'll say this. I, um, for some reason, I've been like red hot fire with first round leaders this year so far. So let me just throw four names out at like super long odds. Wow, let's okay. just for the fun of let's it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go another hour. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll start with the biggest bomb TPC Lee at 125 to one as first round leaders. Uh, first round leader. That's KH. No, it's TPC Lee. He changed it officially. Yeah. Um, Tom Hoagie at 80 to one. Uh, Joel Dahman at 100 to 1 and Joaquin Neiman at 45 to 1. I think those are four I'm going to throw out there and bet on. They, they all have morning tea times, which I'm assuming at this moment is going to be the advantageous tea time, but I actually don't know that for a fact yet. First group off, 6.45 a.m. My God. Adam Shank, Kramer Hickok, Lee Hodge is off one. Harmon, Knox, my guy, Bo. Dude, he's going to wake up super early off 10 T. That's got to be like 6.45. God. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, my last thought, 17 overrated, 16 underrated. 16 is so good. I love the 16. It's great. Uh, 17. Yes. It's a, it's, it is. It's, it's not, it's, it's not even, it's, over, a, it's, it's become over. aware now. It's, 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 it's a thing now. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's great. It's just so like overcovered that you're like, I get it. Like I, I understand uh, 17's. It's great. It's a cool hole. It's fun. But it's like, it's almost like a separate thing from the entire event is like the 17th hole. And uh, I just, it, it, I don't know, 16 and 18 are, are just as good, if not, if not better. I think 16 is better. 17 is not even an island. It's a peninsula. Also, <laughs> there is an island green at, I'm going to butcher this, Cord de Aline in Idaho. Idaho, Idaho. yeah. Okay. Yeah where you have to take a boat out to it. And this might be a really stupid question, Kyle. How does it not float away? 
uh, it's probably anchored and buoyed, right? I Can something it. be anchored and buoyed? But does it move at all? Just like a couple of feet every? Or you think it's like legit? Like what do they have? Concrete sl- sl- like a like a bridge underneath of it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, like the lake might be a foot deep, and they just like that's true. Stake it to the bottom of the lake. It would be better if it was just held on by ropes and it kind of moved. Like, what's the number right now? It's like, well, it's kind of, you know, the tide's coming in. <laughs> this is like the thing they do in in, uh, in the European tour, like in Dubai every year, where they have guys hit balls into like the ocean and they put a little target out there. Yeah. And it's like, it's like. It's floating around. Yeah, just, just, just waving in the wind and it's just, it's a mess. But uh, remember when Chris Kirk almost landed one on the uh, – was, was it Brendan, Chris Kerr? Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd. That's right. The other man with two first names. Yeah, he almost landed one on the flower, the other or the actual island out the there. The actual island. <laughs> the island green. That he Brendan Todd had been hearing about the island green all week long, and he went and he went and tried to hit it. Just a total shank, man. Last year's <laughs> players was so good. Uh, Bryson hit that top on like three or four, I think. And then he denied that it was a top. Right? And then he was like, well, I just, I just, uh, what did he, I forgot what he said. He was like, I, I just was trying to put too much spin on something ridiculous. You're like, bro, you just topped it. It's Keith, Keith Mitchell, sneaky first, um, first name as, as first and last name. Just yes. Double there. first name guy, Keith Mitchell. Um, there's a couple of them. Kyle Stanley, Adam, Adam Scott, Adam Scott. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Gentlemen, <laughs> That'll officially do it for this week's mega preview pod. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. Sia Najad, thank you on a Tuesday. You can find Sia on Twitter at Sia Najad and Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. This is Sandra Herrera from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.